everyone, and welcome back to the BSCF podcast. Um, for those of you who know, it used to be called the Unorthodox Trainer Podcast, and I figured that was the case because I am kind of unorthodox, I suppose, as a trainer. I don't do the normal stuff that trainers do. Um, and, and even if I do, it's not really in the way that others that are doing the same as me do it. Um, a lot of people get a bit self-righteous about mental health, and, and I think that comes from being an an expert maybe or a professional in the field and it does kind of detach you a little bit from it it's very easy to get lost in the fact that you know more than people and you want to you want to defend those people that you're looking after at the same time it can almost be at the expense of people that don't know rather than educating somebody in a non-biased way, I suppose it sounds really odd, but almost like you're talking to a child, I guess. Um, and it's, it's not to put people down, but the trouble is if, you, if you're talking to somebody like they're an adult that knows exactly what they're doing and is actively out there to cause people harm saying, don't say this to people, don't behave like that. Sometimes people don't know. Sometimes people don't um, realise what they're saying to people or more importantly, how it can affect people. And the other thing you've got to remember is that, you know, we all have an opinion, we're entitled to it. Whether it's right or wrong, whether it's based on fact or feelings, it's, it's very hard to dismiss. You know, we, we can't just dismiss someone's feelings because we don't like them. Um, we don't have to listen to it, but at the same time, they are just as valid as anything else. Um, but today I figured um, I've got guests in mind and talking about their own experiences with mental health and stuff like that. And, you know, we're going to discuss those from a sense that it's not just two professionals talking about something as if we're talking at you, it will be talking with people that are actively going through this so that we're talking with you. And I think that's really important. We'll be covering topics like PCOS from various points of view. I've got a few of my clients that have it and it's affecting them in very different ways. Um, some people who are suffering with depression, some people who are trying to work through injury and and things like that and um, competitive athletes that are females that are going through the stigma of that there's going to be some really cool subjects coming up that um, with actual people that are living it they're not professionals that are sort of helicoptering above and observing they're actually in it every day like we all are really and you know I'll be hoping to put my experiences forward uh, with that and to start it off I figured I'd indulge myself a little bit with a captive audience um Talking about some of the things I have um, come across after doing a personality course um, that I'm still doing. And it made me realise a few things about myself that I've always struggled with. Um, and I never really thought too much about it, but now that I can actually properly articulate what it is I am or who I am, I suppose, it's something that might help others that feel the same way. So I did a personality course and the, the results will come up again um, later on and I'll go through some of what they mean because um, some other clients I'm going to get on the podcast have done it as well. Um, if you are listening and you want the link to it, I will put it in the comments section. Also, if you want, just ask me and I'll give it to you because it's worth doing and I can help you interpret it. I scored incredibly high on intellect. Now, intellect doesn't necessarily mean that you have a high IQ. IQ and intellect are a little bit different. Um, but intellect is 
somebody who basically if you score high you constantly need to learn things you are not just happy taking things at face value you must dig deeper there is no rabbit hole you don't mind jumping down um also you depending on how you feel about things um and whether you're confrontational or not which i'm not um that was another thing that came up you want to know everything about everything on both sides um, I'm also incredibly extrovert, which anybody who ever has met me ever will understand. Now, the trouble is when you put those two things together, it can be quite difficult because even from a young age, my need to seek out knowledge in anything and everything was always high. Um, and, you know, it's very alienating for people that aren't necessarily as into things as you are, especially when you're into everything. If there was a subject I didn't know, I'd have to go find more about it. There was, I remember as a kid, my favourite book was called The Big Book of Knowledge. And I must have read that thing day in and day out. God, until I think it in the end disintegrated or I just learned to move on to bigger and more important books. And because I can retain that information and I want to tell other people, that's what I did. And when you're young and you want to learn things and you find it easy to learn things and you are quite extrovert and open and you want to talk to everybody about everything, you then get known as the nerdy kid, the boff, the guy that knows everything. Um, as a child, it's kind of alienating. You are just this weirdo that knows stuff. And the trouble is, is it's not a bad thing. And I'm not unhappy that I am this way but it definitely didn't make things easy for me um I have never as a child I didn't have many friends it wasn't, I wasn't a loner by any stretch of the imagination but when you're the kid that knows everything's a bit geeky and nerdy that's what you get labeled with and you know kids are pretty ruthless and we'll cover that on quite a few of the podcasts I'm sure about the behavior habits of kids and how they're just like mini cave people really but it was very difficult to turn it off. And I was that awkward kid that was always in people's faces. I always knew stuff. Um, and you do get extra, um, extradited, exercised, ostracized, that's the word, um, for it. And it's difficult, it's tough. It really is not understanding why people don't want to know things. And because you have information, you just want to share it. That's all I've ever done, which is why I think I got into this job in the end was because I'm happy to do all the learning for people and share it. You know, if, if I can listen to a podcast once and retain all that information and then pass it out into people in a way that they understand it, I kind of feel obliged to do it. Is it annoying? Yes. Does my brain turn off ever? No, because I overthink everything because I understand there's more to know about it and I'm not content in the not knowing enough about it. Although I do know I know nothing about it. Again, you can see what it's like being in my head. Um, and to everybody else who isn't, you are just weird. And then when you become older, um, because of my extroversion and my outgoingness, um, I'm high in compassion and agreeableness, I don't find it difficult to make friends. Or at least, you know, get on board with people and acquaintances and things. The trouble is, you then get known as that, oh, here we go. And this, is, this has been said to me a few times when I was in my early 20s and stuff, yeah, possibly before, you know, something would come up and be like, oh, I mentioned, you know, a fact about this, come on, as if it was, 
as if you're an entertaining monkey. You know, you you knew stuff. Therefore, come on, you're clearly going to say something, so let it go. And I think, you know, it did used to get to me that it was like I'm not trying to to make everybody feel stupid. What I'm just trying to do is give you guys a little bit more than what they've given. You know, there's knowledge out there for people who want it. And the trouble is when you know something about everything because you can't let anything go, you do become that weird person that knows a bit of everything. You know, my other half jokes to me all the time. She goes, you know so much random shit. And it's like, I, I just, I, I know stuff. There's no such thing as bad knowledge. There isn't. Then... You can use it to advantage. Like now, I can absorb information. I learn about psychology all the time. I listen to podcasts. I read books. I do courses. I became a personal trainer. I became a sports massage therapist. I became a behavioral therapist because I just wanted to know more about how people move, how people think, amalgamate the two together. And I'm still ongoing and learning to the point where I actually feel uncomfortable if I'm not doing some sort of course or learning something. The reason I got into doing media and even podcasts is one, I do performing arts, I like to talk, I like to hold an audience, and I do the videos because I want to pass on knowledge to people, and the trouble is then, is that other people that aren't in your job, or even are in your job that maybe don't feel as outgoing to learn new things, are constantly telling you to stay in your lane, and that is probably the worst thing you could possibly tell somebody. If we all stayed in our lane, we wouldn't have gone anywhere. You know, if staying in your lane was the way to go, we never would have learned to walk because we were fine crawling. We never would have learned to speak because we were fine pointing at things we wanted. We wouldn't have pursued college courses because learning your basic GCSEs and going working in a factory was enough. The trouble is for those people that aren't maybe as high on the intellectual scale and don't want to learn or can't learn as quickly, are very much stuck in a stick to what they know. So you're getting it from all angles. Um, you're being told by your industry that, you know, stay in your lane, don't branch out to things new. My advice on that is that you should be willing to be open to all experiences, but if it requires some further education, do that as well. There are plenty of people out there right now, especially after the coronavirus in my industry, that, you know, they, they jumped on the mental health bandwagon and, you know, they weren't wrong. Exercise is linked to mental health, but it's like you aren't a professional in mental health. So I wouldn't say stay in your lane, of course, because that's not what I preach, but it's like at least go and learn about it a bit more before you start talking. And that's the problem, I think. When people assume that because you talk, you may not know, and then when you do know, they get annoyed because they don't have anything back and they'll just tell you to stay in your lane or I don't bother with that. And it's, it's frustrating because the industry can be so much better. We really could, you know, the industry isn't encouraged to get people to talk. And on the, on the other side of things is... I don't do very well with rules um, and, and order and structure. That comes down to me having quite low conscientiousness. That doesn't mean I'm not conscious of other people. It just means that I don't do well with order and strict routines and stuff, which is why I never signed up to any governing bodies. I'm safe and I'm diligent, but I'm not held to account or dictated to how I do things by some sort of body, which has actually helped me move forward and really help the people that don't get on with the way the system works. The other problem that comes with being the uh, <laughs> extroverted intellectual is that you can't sit on any side of the fence. You do have your own personal opinions and preferences as to where 
you sit politically and where you may sit socially and etc etc but when you spend your whole time looking at the uh, the pros and cons of every situation you realize that you can't really sit on you can't really swing to one side or the other this annoys people because people want to be put in a box the trouble is you know everything about your box and everybody else's box and sometimes you think actually I'd rather quite like to be in their box because I agree with that more than I agree with my box People don't like that. People want you to be in a certain place, a certain time, a certain political wing. You're either right or you're left. You're either for it or against. You either, you know, stand up or you sit down. It's it's so difficult to exist in a world right now where any kind of indifference well, no, no, indifference is a really bad word for it any kind of look I, I see good and bad on both sides is attacked now you know and socialism is a little bit to blame for that so is conservatism um the trouble is i would always swing towards socialism more than conservatism but i'm not taking away the merits of like we do have an you know for those of you that don't know it's another reason why you can't help being an extroverted intellect is you're going to tell people just because it makes you know if they don't know they should know or at least maybe want to know the difference between socialism and conservatism is basically boils down to socialism believes that society should be the cause of change to individuals and conservatives believe that individuals should be the change to society in a very brief nutshell. The problem is with that is that neither of them are right or wrong. Yes, there are a lot of faults of society and society should band together to try and make that change. But on the other side, society is made of individuals. And if you're not trying to change and improve on an individual level, then how is your society going to improve when it's just made up a bunch of individuals? And this is where people clash. And when you explain this to people who are more liberal, not to be confused with libertarianism, which is actually a conservative thought process, not a, a socialist one, um, you start to make a point of saying, well, everything needs to change now. Society is wrong. When you're a conservative, you're like, society will only change if we take, you know, conservative values are like you change from the bottom, you know, fatherhood, teaching sons and, you know, about the world and how to be a man and teaching, you know, mothers teaching women how, you know, that works. And, you know, as a father, this is something else that I constantly think of and, and worry about. You know, your brain doesn't stop. But the trouble is they both conflict with one another. One's turning around and saying, like, no, you don't need this because society should just be sorting everything out. And it's like, the other side is like, well, how do you expect people to move into society if they're not taught? Again, you make this point to somebody who's one side of the fence or the other, you're not winning anything. You're just going to get shouted out or so I just don't want to talk to you about it. The trouble is being an extrovert. I want to talk to everybody about everything. I'm fascinated by hearing people's point of view. The difference is, is where I... I'm fascinated by that. I will play devil's advocate on everything. I will argue for both for and against. It's very difficult for me to pick a side. Unless somebody's being outrightly stupid, in which case, you know, I'll call them out on it. Um, and it can be lonely. In fact, it's not can be, it is lonely. You know, there are people who will ban you because they want to know what you know and you are a source of information for them. But there's a hell of a lot of people that don't because you don't just fall into their way of thinking. And maybe that is a 
societal problem based on an individual. Again, you can't really blame one or the other, but when you're the, the small group of us, and there are a few of us out there that are intellectual extroverts, but sit more in the extra, well, but, you know, if when you scored as high as I did in like the above 95 percentile in both, you are basically full tilt both. Mm-hmm. For most people, we know intellectuals as people um, that are constantly learning things and they just give you the facts. The extroverts are just people that want to jump around on camera or be in front of them. They're great people to be around. When you're both, people don't really know what box to put you in. Are you just the person that's the life of the party or are you the person they need to go to to talk to? But when you can be both, it can be quite intimidating for people to join in the conversation with you. And for other people, it's great. You know, I've had some amazing conversations with people once they realise that I'm not just some meathead who's a PT that actually wants to talk about stuff and not necessarily... I don't argue with people. That's the other thing as well. Arguing doesn't tantalise them in any way. I just want to discuss things. And if you're starting to shout at me because or call me names because you haven't managed to change my opinion it means normally that I've probably done the research first and it hasn't swayed my opinion and you know people tend to try and go into discussions to make you see their point of view and sometimes that doesn't happen um it doesn't mean that your argument was bad it just means that maybe it wasn't quite as moving or articulate as you maybe wanted it to be and that annoys people as well it's this isn't a boo-hoo story at all. This, um, I, I quite enjoy having the, the personality traits that I have. It's served me well enough so far. Me and my other half have been together for 10 years. We have two children and we're going well. But then that's because we understand one another. It's just hard sometimes making transitions and changes when people just want to keep you in one lane and tell you where to go. Because you can't do it. You just can't. And the other thing is is that in this industry, there's so much to learn that it can get overwhelming sometimes. And and it's the whole... It's overwhelming, but you can't stop. I think that's the way to describe it. Like, going down the mental health route is fascinating, but there's a lot to deal with. And you do open yourself up to taking on a lot of people's issues and traumas and hardships and... It takes a lot of processing power to listen to somebody pour out their pain to you, formulate a response that isn't inflammatory and it actually helps them understand things better and just allow them to talk long enough to get out their thoughts and feelings. And then on top of that, you then got to go and learn more about everything that's going on. And I'm lucky enough that I can process information well, but I know plenty of people that... And some of you guys that might be listening to this that may start understanding it, like, this is why I can't let things go. This is why I'm up at three in the morning on Quora or Pinterest or Googling topics because that's the intellectual in you coming out. You can't help but learn some more. And, of course, there's only so much time in the day and you can't learn everything, but you're still not going to stop you from just being up a little bit later, just being up a little bit more. I mean, for me, at one stage, I was having to go and have a drink in the evening just to turn my brain off. Um, most of my clients know this and it's not something I'd obviously uh, prescribe to anybody because you know using alcohol as medicine in some terms isn't a great idea banging for a toothache by the way Um, but for the most part it was just so that my brain turned off because it never stops because it's constantly trying to think of things and process and it's not easy 
Sometimes anxiety does that. I'm not one that is overly anxious. There are only a few things that really trigger me. Um, strange enough, one of those is actually making phone, cold phone calls to people. I can't do it. It absolutely sets me off. Whereas if you've made any form of contact with me, then pff, we're winning. You know, I'll, I'll talk to you all day. But it's, it's a never-ending process. And I think that's what um, some people don't understand is that if you're this type of person, it's never going to stop. You are never going to not want to learn things. You're never going to not want to need to know things. You're never going to not want to have that conversation with somebody. And the trouble is, is a lot of the world doesn't want to do that. They don't want to have the conversation with you and go that deep because they just either don't know it or it's too much for them to handle. You, you have to really want to know that much and talk to people that much because you may end up uncovering things that you don't want to hear and that's the trouble. Most of us don't want to do that. Most of us do not want to talk about things that we either don't know enough about or once you've said your piece and you're hoping that that's enough because either you don't know why you're, you feel the way you feel enough to really make an argument about it or you know, you're stuck in your ways not necessarily that's a bad thing, but you know, you have your thoughts and feelings on things and somebody just wants to talk a little bit more about it. You don't want to hear about it. You don't. And it's really tough. It's it's just really tough, I guess. Um Again, it's not a it's not a boohoo story. This is just me starting off this mental health chapter by just opening up a little bit about me and how my head works because the way I've found that my business has worked my friendships have worked and everything else has worked is because I'm again because of my openness is through the roof my extroversion is through the roof I don't have a problem being vulnerable in front of people it actually drives my mother half insane she she hates how open I am about everything and how I just talk to people about stuff and for me it's how I process I'm not greater processing well no I suppose that's wrong I do process a lot but I'm, I'm interested to hear what other people think I like hearing other people's opinions whether they're crap or not is irrelevant you know some people talk shit and that's fine but for the most part if I'm asking someone's opinion on something that I've done or a situation I'm waiting to hear if somebody's going to say that I was the arsehole in all this because then I can learn from it doesn't happen very often unfortunately but then that's because I'm very articulate and I'm not going to you know, go into a conversation about something serious without having put serious thought into it. But it's important, I think, that we start being open with each other. And if that can start with me, it has been proven through actual practice um, that I have a very good relationship with my clients. You know, we do tell each other everything because I can be the first person to open up and be vulnerable in front of them so they don't mind being vulnerable in front of me which then I think allows for a better working um, and professional relationship because then you know you're not hiding things from one another and when that's weight loss you know mental health injury and stuff if you're if you're really open or you feel you can be open with your trainer then everything just becomes easier you know if, if, if we go for weight loss not it's something I really enjoy dealing with per se it's like you know it's just a numbers game and you either want to do it or you don't. Uh, if you're open with your coach and, you know, they turn and say, like, have you tracked your calories or have you been on point? You're more likely to say yes or no. Um, I think a lot of people don't um, 
want to be open with their trainers because they feel like they're they're going to be judged, um, which I, I wouldn't do anyway. Uh, they want they're, they're going to be judged. They they're going to be, you know, told they're not doing well enough or anything else like that. And that's that's why you know weight loss is it's just a crap thing. There's more to it than just eat less, move more. That is what you have to do. But of course, if it was literally that easy, nobody would be overweight because we could all just eat less and move more. There's far much more tied into people's eating habits and and emotional habits alongside with food that make it just a bit too difficult. But the trouble is everyone tries to simplify it. Everyone's, you know, there's, there's enough coaches out there that can make you quote unquote skinny. So, you know, go see them. If you actually want to learn why you've not managed it or what's holding you back then, I'm the person I want to talk to. When it comes to injury, one of the biggest things that I need from my clients, and you know, granted, I, I, I do get it, is just them just to be honest about how much pain they're in, how they're feeling, how the last week's gone, how they feel tomorrow's going to go. Because if you're honest about it and open, it means we can solve the problem quicker. Being a hero is never gonna solve the problem. And there are some people out there that just don't handle things very well at all, and they need to be handled differently. But they also, it needs to be honest, like, you know, if you're falling apart, and you're always falling apart, then at some point, you know, you have to regulate that. And at the same time, if you just stonewall and say, no, I'm absolutely fine, you know, you're probably not. When it comes to mental health, this is the biggest one. If you're not open or you feel you can't be open with your trainer or counsellor, there's no point going to them. There isn't. Um, it's a controversial thing to say. I actually had a fallout with a psychotherapist who, I'm not so sure how they became a psychotherapist, um, but I said I've come across too many people that went to therapists and just sat there and didn't want to talk because they have no relationship with this person. Um which when that person took offence and just said, we'll agree to disagree. I was like, well, we didn't agree to disagree because we didn't even disagree on anything. You just shut me down because you didn't want to have the conversation. Um, the reason the way I do the things the way I do is that you can build the relationship through the personal training. Or more importantly, because I can be very open and honest and be vulnerable in front of you and tell you all of my flaws and things that I'm struggling with. It makes you feel more at ease about sharing your stuff because... I'm basically going to open up to you and let you judge me because I can't help it. This is the way you use it to your advantage. I cannot help but tell you that I'm struggling if I'm struggling. I'm not looking for sympathy because I just get on with it. But if I'm struggling, I'll tell you. If I'm having a good time, I'll tell you. If you need to hear something, you'll hear it. But that also allows you the same level playing field that I'm on because you can judge me on things that I'm doing and I would accept it and we can talk about it which usually means you're more inclined to do the same back which is how I've got the success with my clients so far and how they've improved because it's not about judging people it's not about moving forward it's about being able to be in a position where you could potentially be judged and still open up anyway because that's how we get things done. We're too closed off. You know, some people want to tell people everything and it's too much and other people don't tell anything at all and it's too little. Everyone has their own ratio of what works and what doesn't, but if you're completely stonewalled off, 
it's never going to be a great start. And if you're just um, emptying your purse at all times, it kind of desensitizes it. So it is a bit of a learning curve. Anyway, I've waffled on for 28 minutes and, you know, that's because of the podcast and I can. But that's a little bit of an insight into how my head works and why I've done what I've done and why my approach is the way it is. And this is why it is unorthodox. It doesn't follow any guidelines um, per se. And if anybody listened to what I do with people, they'd probably be mortified of being part of an organizing body, but I'm helping people and it's bloody well working. So I don't care. Stay tuned. There'll be some more from um, the Walk and Talk series um, and that will be in series three. This will be the first one of series four. Okay, so just bit of differentiation if you want to do the personality test i'll put it in the notes and we can go from there but i'm feeling good to be back it's been a pretty rough year for everybody i stopped making a lot of content um because i didn't feel like i had anywhere i could do it i didn't feel like i had anything to say or i'd split it up over so many bloody mediums that it all kind of went a bit awry but i'm gathering myself again and this was the first start of that actually getting a podcast down talking to a phone on my own because I like to have conversations with people so this is a bit new and weird for me but yeah we're going to start moving forward there's going to be some cool stuff and if you ever want to reach out and and contact me then do it because I'm always going to be here to help in whatever capacity I can we'll speak soon I'll take care uh, take care guys and uh, yeah when this goes up you'll know about it speak soon bye